Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Hey, everybody. Mark here. And before we jump into today's conversation, I'd like to invite you to consider a year-end gift to the online ministry here at Menlo Church. The gifts that we received during the months of December fuel what we're able to do in 2023. As we start the new year, we want to start it strong as we're welcoming on Phil Eubank, our new senior pastor. And now that he's on the team, it brings a lot of exciting opportunity to help people find and follow Jesus online. I'm thinking back over this past year and just am so encouraged by the stories of people that we've been able to disciple, not only here in the Bay Area, but all across the world. We've had people sign up for discipleship classes online. I've been able to pray with people through the internet or through the phone. And we've even had people get baptized right here in person because of this online ministry. So I'm especially encouraged by that. And I'm praying that God will continue to move through this ministry in the year of 2023. And we can only do it with your support. So for more information around giving, head over to menlo.church slash give. Now, let's jump into today's conversation. Hey, everybody. Mark and Jess here. And before we jump into today's conversation with Cheryl, which Ooh. is awesome, we want to let you know that Christmas Eve and Christmas are happening. That's They're a happening. thing what? at Menlo Church. Oh, my gosh. And so we want to give you some details, some times right now, and some reasons why you should invite pretty much everyone that you know yeah. to come and join us at church. Yeah, these are going to be super fun services, very family friendly. Each campus has um, childcare at some of the services for preschool and under. Mm-hmm. So if your kids are older than that, they'll get to come into the service. They may or may not get a little goodie bag Ooh. when they come in with some special things. We've got some fun, like interactive things in the service. So it'll definitely be a great time for you to bring kids into the service. We'll have worship, we'll have a couple cool videos. Mark and I do a special countdown video. Oh, yeah. So if you can get there early, do that. Or if mm-hmm. you can't get there early, you can watch it later on YouTube. Yeah. Or if you can't make any of the services, it is available on YouTube as well. And we're doing a big live stream. Like think College Game Day, but for Christmas Ooh. out in the breezeway of Menlo Park. And that's going to be happening from the 3.30 service to the 5 o'clock service. So we're going to be showing both of those what's happening in the room as they happen. Both Christmas times will be available on YouTube and menlo.online.church. But before the 3.30 service, in between the services, and then after the 5 o'clock service, we're just going to have some so much some fun. time to hang out, chat with some people that are in the breezeway. Are you it, sitting at a sports desk? I think there will be a sports desk, <laughs> and I hope there will be one of those things I can draw on with a yellow marker. Yes. Uh, we might get to hear from Phil <gasps> a little bit as well. Phil Eubank, who's teaching not only on Christmas Eve, but also Christmas Day. Yes. So, uh Christmas Day, we've got an online only, Mm -hmm. which means if you go to a campus on Christmas Day, which is a Sunday, no one will be there for you. There will be a beautiful poster telling you that we're not there, but so don't show up. Watch this when you can. It'll be available by 8.30 a.m. on YouTube. It'll also be uh, streaming at menlo.online.church at 8.30 a.m. And this is just a nice little video uh, we put together. Some of the worship leaders got together to lead some Christmas worship. Mark and I are in this video as mm-hmm. well. And Phil uh, did a little video for us preaching. Yes. So he is preaching for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So if you want to hear from our new senior pastor, this is your opportunity. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're not just 
little things. They're big things. They're big things. But just shorter. So a shorter time for you to watch at yeah. home, a shorter yeah. time for worship, shorter message. Yeah. But a really sweet and special time and way to way to start your Christmas, as well as the finale of Menlo Meditations oh. podcast releases on Christmas morning as well. And we have Phil Eubank reading us the Christmas <gasps> story. So wow. fun. So much Phil. I love it. I know. We're so excited. I think we want to do a Phil cast too in January where we just have him on the podcast. So lots of things to look forward to. Invite your friends, invite your family. If you can't make it in person, join online. If you can make it in person, get to a campus. Make sure you check Church for campus times for Christmas Eve. Everything you need. There's digital invites that you can post on your Instagram, your Facebook, yep. and send it to people. You can just text it to your friends. It's all there for you. So we'll see you at Christmas. Yay. Eve and Christmas. I wish I had jingle online. bells to jingle right now shh, 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 as a transition. Just keep doing that and I'll add. Okay. Shh, shh. Okay. Now our conversation <laughs> with Cheryl. <laughs> Welcome to Menlo Midweek, everybody. My name is Mark. And my name is Jessica. And we have Cheryl back again with Yay. us. Again. So fun to be with you guys. We're so excited to have you here. And your title for this week, Cheryl, <laughs> it is... Tradition. Yeah. Now you've been queen of all things. Queen of all things. Oh, Last yeah. time, what were you? Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, you bearer were, of Christmas. Bearer Last of Christmas. Last week, you were bearer of Christmas. Yeah, and we're still in that mode. So okay. maybe I'll just be queen of astronomy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did have, it's so funny after this sermon, of course, we'll get into this, but I had multiple conversations. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Around uh, the stars and the planets and yeah. fun to work at a church that has people who actually are astronomers <laughs> or, or, you know, in that field yeah. or whatever. It was when I, li when I was in Pasadena um, at a church down there, it would be like, oh, you really are a rocket scientist. You yeah. know, it's like right. when you say it's not yeah. rocket science and right. it's like, oh, you really are because JPL is in, you know, Pasadena. Mm -hmm. So we had people at our church who work there, but uh, lots of, lots of smart people up here. So when you say it was fun, was that sarcastic getting to talk to those people or no. was it like overwhelming? <laughs> no, no. Like was... everybody corrected me and. <laughs> no, they didn't. I, it was really actually just some fascinating conversations. That's cool. Um, because the star mm -hmm. in yeah. the Magi story, we're just jumping in, Mark, yeah, sorry. Nope. Um, the star in the Magi story is such an interesting thing because there is so much written about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet, I'm not quite sure it's the main point of the story. Right. <laughs> hmm. I don't think it's the main event in the event. Mm -hmm. And the significance of the star is that God used some kind of, whether it was planets or stars, for these magi who would have followed stars and tracked stars and planets, he used this to bring them toward Jesus. So I think we can get hung up on some things. But uh, it's, it, I mean, I'm fascinated by all this stuff mm -hmm. and the black holes and really the galaxies and all that. It's interesting to me because I think some people have used the galaxies and the universe to be part of their little, you know, in their tool belt for disproving God. And yet more mm. and more, the more science that comes out, the more, you know, there's this sense of 
dimensions and creator and it 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 doesn't necessarily prove god but it doesn't disprove god in my opinion so. right so i had some fun conversations i love our menlo church congregation yeah. they are so fun and so up for a good conversation and questions and all that so it was fun cool so you talked about the magi or as other people might know them the three wise men yeah although there probably was more than three but whatever yeah maybe <laughs> uh so yeah tell us kind of what else what else did you talk about yesterday or yeah sorry, sunday <laughs> yeah well i put i put this on my um socials uh because really i should have titled the sermon series a king, a pagan, and a priest walk into a bar. So oh, that's fun. I thought about that after after I preached it. But yeah, we, we basically looked at the passage in Matthew chapter two uh, that tells us of the event of the magi. The word there really is more uh, is magi um, as as opposed to wise men. Mm -hmm. But magi might have been considered wise men because they interpreted the stars and they interpreted the planets and it gave them wisdom and insight, right? So that's where some people translate it wise men. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we talked about the magi coming to Jerusalem to find out uh, where the king of the Jews was to be born. So that involves... The pagan would be the magi. They they would have been considered pagans. Uh, and, and what's hard is you could say religious or non-religious, but in that culture, in that time, everyone's religious. Everyone mm -hmm. has gods. So they just wouldn't, they would have been considered Gentiles, which was basically in, in our biblical vernacular, that is anyone who's not a Jew, mm -hmm. and then take it to another level maybe of a paganism because of the astrology part mm -hmm. and magi can also be uh interpreted as magician same word that would be um, translated magician or wise men or um, astrologer or that kind of thing so we talked about um those magi we talked about king herod and we talked about the religious experts mm -hmm. the chief priests the scribes um, who would be Jewish and who would be deeply, deeply into uh, what we now refer to as the Old Testament. That is fascinating how, like we were saying earlier, how God can use things to bring all sorts of people towards him and draw. And what a disruption that mm -hmm. is to all of us. And so that was one of the core themes that you led with was this was not just people following a star. This was a disruption to their life. Yep. This is a curiosity. This was mm -hmm. a threat. Mm -hmm. And so how did you land at all of the this story, which could be boiled down to, oh, it's so cute. Like they followed a star <laughs> and then yeah. they found a baby and that's that's it. And but they no, brought this, gifts. This was a story. Of, yeah, exactly. This is a story of yeah. disruption, of yeah. treachery and, and, and deceit. So yeah, yeah. It's a much better... Uh, eight episode <laughs> netflix show yeah. that's exactly yeah. what i shout was shout out to my friends who are screenwriters because i do have a few maybe <laughs> you want to put this down yeah it's much more it would be it would be r-rated for, for violence and all the things <laughs> that go down um and it is interesting how we have domesticated the christmas story you know uh 
and, and part of it, you don't want to scare the three-year-olds in your kid's church with um, <laughs> right. murderous kings. This and... be some aggressive flannel graphs. <laughs> yeah, <totally>. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as you guys know, the sermon writing process for me is neurotic. So uh, where we landed was about um, five versions in. Um, <laughs> quick, quick aside, I saw Cheryl maybe three days before she delivered her message. Yes. And the Cheryl that I saw then was the part in the process where she's like, I hate my sermon. It's the worst <laughs> oh, thing I've no. ever written and I have to start all over. Did you have to start all over or? Mostly. <laughs> the, the thing is, and and it's so funny because um, an author that I really like who is who I like their writing, but they've also written a book on writing. They have a they have a statement that I can't say the word on on this podcast, but oh. uh, that when you're writing a book or you're writing a you know novel, whatever, you need to get down your cruddy first draft. Mm. Yep. I'll use that word. Sure. And um, and after I saw you, Mark, literally, I was the mantra in my drive home was Cheryl. Just get the draft down. Mm. I had gotten three drafts mm -hmm. down before that. I was the original plan was to really focus in on just how God pursues us in the ordinary, and that's a, a phenomenal thought. Mm -hmm. And um, but as I I just couldn't ignore. I couldn't focus on just one of these players. My actually my very first sermon writing for this series. I was supposed to preach on King Herod. And the focus was going to be on Herod and kingdoms. Hmm. And what's hard for me, other people are fantastic at it. They're easier. When you preach, you have to obviously pick where you're going to land, right? And when you study the scripture, any good Bible study student, you can be seven years old and understand this concept. It's not like a big intellectual concept. It's just that you have to, you have to read the context, Mm -hmm. You have to, you can't rightly interpret scripture or verses or even words uh, to do a word study without context. And so for me, uh, it, it's, it was hard for me to figure out how to speak <laughs> about King Herod and kingdoms and not obviously give some, do you just give a little shout out to the Magi? Do you give a shout out to the religious leaders anyway? But again, I think this one was similar to the Zach Zachariah sermon in that I'm just making a lot of these sermons about myself. Let's be <laughs> honest. Um, when I was studying for Mary, I just couldn't get over Zachariah and his doubts and his disappointment and his discouragement. Mm -hmm. When I was studying this one, I just personally... As I and I think I've shared this with you guys, I try to always take whatever passions I'm using and just sit with it devotionally mm -hmm. without sitting it with it with all my commentaries open and all that kind of thing. And uh, I couldn't get past those religious leaders. Mm. And it didn't. So then I thought, well, I'll just go down that road. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just it just felt like I needed all the players and so that's how ultimately it landed on uh, their responses mm -hmm. and really making the focus the response because we all we all have have a response to Jesus. Um, the beautiful thing is that that response doesn't have to be static. Um, we can have 
I mean, I am a follower of Jesus, and there are days when I am frustrated with Jesus. There are days when I question Jesus. There's days when I doubt Jesus, right? But ultimately, how did each of these persons' response impact their encounter or lack of encounter with the Messiah, who is the main, main event, right? The star is not the main event. Um, Jesus is the main event. And uh, and Matthew wants you to know that. So, I think for me, I appreciate that you like moved on to something that impacted you more mm-hmm. because I'm a feeler, and mm-hmm. so I really love when preachers are. You can tell when you're mm-hmm. passionate about something, mm-hmm. and you can tell when this is important to you, and it's also important for you to get this message across. Mm -hmm. And so for me, if I heard a sermon about um, the religious leaders and you were just kind of like, and they blah, 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 and did this Mm -hmm. and that, and you were just talking about them, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I'd be like, oh, okay, you Mm -hmm. know? But I mean, even with last week and this week of just like, this is why this is important to me. Mm -hmm. And you can just tell that you're, like this has impacted me and I want to let you guys know that this should have an impact on you too. And, Mm. and I want you to feel like my struggle with it and my, all of that emotion. I, so I appreciate that you did that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I I think some of that has been, I do think when you preach, you need to bring, not make it all about yourself. You have to be careful. You have to, you know, we've all sat in those sermons too, where it's like, okay, is this really about that passage or is this really about something you're wrestling with? (laughs) Um, And, but I think when you were saying that, Jess, it reminded me of um, Martin Luther, the reformer has a thing about prayer that when you are reading the scripture devotionally, and when you're sitting with the scripture that you want to read it and sit with it and pray until until it's um, and I, I forget now the language that he uses, but this idea that you sit with it until there's almost a fire in you, mm. and that that our our morning t- and that's not always going to happen, but I think the when I first was introduced to that idea, what it what it helped me with was, and even what we're talking about as our spiritual formation practice is when I sit with the Lord for me, that's in the morning, typically to slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that slowing that we're talking about. It's that, and and I think in Bible study, it's the same kind of thing. Slow down, take time to make some observations. Um, I, I had a woman come up to me after one of the services and I was, it really, for a, a preacher, it's the greatest compliment or something you can get was she just said, you know, after hearing your sermon, I want to re- I want to read and study the Bible differently because I realize I mm-hmm. just skim over these things. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you and me both, we both <laughs> do that. That's not just you. But um, but when we do slow down, um, suddenly things appear or we see it differently than we might have. Mm-hmm. For instance, I think it's really easy to skim over the scribes and the um and the chief priests in that passage, right? Um, because they seem to be minor players, mm-hmm. but they're absolutely significant to the Magi being directed to Bethlehem. The, ba- the, the Magi would have never gotten to Bethlehem without their um, 
understanding of scripture and sharing that. So, yep. Mm. Yeah. And even though you didn't focus, you kind of deviated from focusing on Herod Mm -hmm. and I'm sure kingdom was a part of that. Mm -hmm. We still talked about kingdom Mm -hmm. and how you asked, you you posed the question, what is your kingdom? Mm -hmm. Is it built on whatever you believe will assure you a good life? Mm -hmm. And what is that? And I, that was such a great way to poise Mm -hmm. and set up the idea that security in ourselves maybe isn't it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, um, you know, the kingdom of God, when you hear the word kingdom, how theologians tend to think about that, what is the kingdom of God? A very simple answer is it's the rule and reign of Christ. And so the work I have to do is where am I trying to rule and reign over my own life? Mm. Yeah. And oftentimes, I'm not just trying to rule and reign over my own life. I'm trying to rule over and reign your, over your life. Or, you know, the temptation for a spouse to try to rule or reign over their, their spouse, right? Their husband or their wife, a parent to rule and reign over their children. Now, certainly there are responsibilities and all that kind of thing. But there's a difference between... I will partner with God in my parenting. I will partner with the ultimate king in my marriage. I will partner in the, with the ultimate king in my work, um, in my, uh, and for me, you know, that shows up mostly in work, but also in, we all have relationships mm-hmm. uh, with parents and friends and um, neighbors. And so my kingdom if if the if the kingdom of god is the rule and reign of christ then my kingdom is where i i want to rule and reign mm. and i will i will you know and i will depend upon whatever i think helps me to do that so some people do that passively um, so, so what's interesting, and this is what's, this is why I so believe in personal discipleship, not just preaching, because you have to sit across the table with people, right? Mm-hmm. You have to walk through there because somebody hears the, oh, well, I don't try to rule and reign. That's those people. That's, mm-hmm. that's the strong willed, whatever. Um, well, no, I, I think, I think you can rule and reign and it can appear very passive. Um, and that's why we have that term passive aggressive, right? Um, I think you can try to rule and reign and be, um, subversive or manipulative. You know, there's ways to do it that don't always look like the out front domineering person, but, but what is it that I'm trying to control and I'm withholding even as a follower of Jesus I'm, I can maybe say, oh, yeah, 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 I want to do life with God. I want to walk with Jesus. I want, he, I want to partner with him uh, as my ultimate king, um, as I parent or go to work or whatever. But I think the deeper work for me has been, what are those little pieces I'm holding back, right? Um, I trust you, Jesus, with my work, but I don't trust you with my relationships. I trust you with my relationships, but I don't trust you with my work. Or I trust you, Jesus, with, um, you know, this area of my life, or even my religious church-going area of my life, but I don't really trust you with my finances. I better make sure I, I've, I've got full control of that. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. 
And it can also be contextual too. God, I'll trust you when things are going well, when my finances <laughs> yes. are great. Yeah, sure, God, you can have all of it. But hey, we're, we're, we're headed towards recession. I don't know, God, do you need me to take it from here? Yeah, yeah no, that's a great point. And I, I know I've said it before. Um, I know where, wherever, whatever's become my own little kingdom is in a sense what I think about the most or where I'm obsessive. And um, I do check my stocks almost daily. Why is that? And, and I mean, sometimes it can be wisdom and sometimes it can be some false sense of security. Uh, mm-hmm. When they were killing it, I was feeling really awesome. So maybe I, it was a dopamine hit. You know, it was like, yeah. And now it's like, <laughs> I'm going to retire when I'm 93. Oh um, you know, um, but yeah, what am I obsessing on? What do I think a lot about? That's where you can, if you're wondering, what, where's my kingdom? Um, because again, it's, and it's a lot of the stuff that we build our kingdom around are really good things. And I think we need to be careful that we don't go, okay, so mm. um, gosh, I, I do have an insecurity and I have fears around financial security. Um, and so my, I'm going to swing my pendulum and not even care. Well, that's silliness. No, it's that I understand. I just put the desire is to put everything under the kingdom of God, right? So um, it's not that I don't think about money. It's not that I don't seek to be fiscally responsible. Uh, It's not that I don't think about my spouse or my kids or my this or my that or whatever it is that you have. Um, It's just that I want to put it under his, you know, that I go, okay, Mm -hmm. um, God, I want you to, I want you to reign over this. And I want to be, I want to be a partner with you in that. And, and a partner in the sense that uh, not equals, (laughs) I'm a partner who comes under your leadership. Mm -hmm. So, and to get to partnership, you have to have relationship. Yes. Good. Ooh, that'll preach. Yeah, you can have that. Thank you. You're welcome. Write it down. And to have relationship, yeah. you have to go 5.1 miles. Yes. What, what was the 5.1? I thought that was oh, so funny, yeah. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that screenshot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, thanks to Dave Schwartz for that screenshot. <laughs> um, I mean, I took it and sent it to him from my phone because I literally... Um, I, I think I was reading in my study some a commentary mentioned that um, that it's just not very far. And the funny thing is, hmm. I've been to Jerusalem and I've been to Bethlehem, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know why I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, because I've took the you know the yeah. passenger bus from you know as you do with your group the tour group mm-hmm. from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, and um, yeah, and so just the thought that uh, this yeah this isn't really afar and so again i think it was in my wormhole of the religious leaders Mm. Mm -hmm. like they gave the information and they stayed put Mm. you know they didn't become seekers they remained settlers and i actually had thought about using that kind of language when i was going to just focus on them Mm. what does it look like to be a seeker and what does it look like to be a settler um but again, you saw it came out different, but, but yeah, they just, they sat there. And so then that's when I, I literally just, I, I did, I initially did it on my computer cause I was doing the research and reading stuff on my computer and reading some commentaries I have on my Bible software. And I went over to Google maps and I was like, okay, I want to see what that is. Like, what is that really? How far is that? Mm-hmm. So. so for context, if people don't remember or didn't hear the sermon, yeah. This was the Magi came to the religious leaders and asked about this 
No, actually, so this is interesting too, and I didn't have time to really unpack this okay. because this was something that I, again, I've skimmed over and just assumed. Mm -hmm. the, the, the Magi came into, into Jerusalem City. Mm -hmm. They're just, they've seen this, some kind of thing, some kind of planetary star thing that has told them that the king of the Jews has been born. They've put that together, right? They're like, and that's where Saturn the and Jupiter the kingly planet and the and the Jewish planet likely they saw those and said okay so they come into Jerusalem and they're just asking around mm -hmm. they don't go to king herod they don't they're just asking people they're just trying to find out these are mm -hmm. the jewish people this is the jewish city um and the star the star I, I don't know that the star hung over Jerusalem it said they saw a star in the east and again i think they're trying to figure out well, where's the king of the Jews been born? Mm -hmm. Oh, let's go to Jerusalem and find out. Um, and so they're just asking around. Mm. So then the passage actually tells us that Herod went to the religious leaders. So Herod oh, okay. is Herod is probably half Jewish, and he is considering himself the king of the Jews. He reigns in Jerusalem, and um, so he, he has. He has touch with the Jewish leaders and the chief priests and all those things. Um, but Herod's a whole nother wormhole, but because he <laughs> he's probably half, I don't know how to say it any other way. Well, half Jewish, whatever. He can't enter into certain parts of the temple. Mm. Um, and, but he's, he's, Herod's leveraging everything for himself, right? Right. So, um, and we can do that with religion. We leverage it for our own personal gains. And so he reach, it's actually Herod who reaches out to the Jewish, the high priests and the scribes. They're on his payroll probably at some mm -hmm. level. I don't know. Maybe made that up. But um, anyway, uh, so then um, it's so Herod gets that information and then he calls in the Magi passes along the information from the scripture and wants them to wants to wants them to go to Bethlehem mm. and check it out worship this baby come back and tell me about it right so cuz he's trying to figure out the the child's age which is probably if you notice when the magi go it says they went into Mary's home uh, you know, again, we kind of tend to picture them in the stable yeah, and yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. They may have only been in that stable for a night. You know, we don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, right? Hey, um, I, so, I heard a baby crying yeah. this morning. Do you need to come inside? Yeah. And at this point, Jesus is probably closer to two years old, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. He's more of a toddler. Um, so anyway, all that to say, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Herod pulls them in and then sends them off for his own purposes. Mm -hmm. But And yeah. you made a point about the religious leaders knew that it was only five miles away yeah, and they didn't even go. Right. And then you connected it kind of to like us and as church people. And you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I think the question, you know, um, how, how far am I willing to go to find God? Mm -hmm. <laughs> how far am I willing to go to, if, if Jesus is real, I kind of said at the very beginning of my sermon, I said, you know, if, if Christmas is true, it changes everything. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so how far will I go? To what lengths would I go after to discover the truth? Um, and would I go five miles? Right. 
and I hope I would. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, Cher, you closed with asking our, I guess, your the people you're speaking to, our listeners now, mm. to consider three questions. Mm. Where are you today? Where do you want to be? And what would or what would you be set free from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I and I really <clears throat> I was glad we were able to, you know, if I can get my sermon shorter, we could do this more often. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, you do a uh, sermon on people on the response of these biblical um, historical figures. But how do we respond? And mm-hmm. then do we create space in our worship service to actually respond? Um, so that's what I was hoping to do. And yeah, um, yeah, the way I think I said it was when it comes to following Jesus, where are you today? In a sense, what's your response? Would it be fear? Would it be apathy? Would it be curiosity? Because that was the responses of these three groups, right? right? Fear, right. apathy, or cur- curiosity. Um and then also leaving room for the spirit to speak something else, right? Mm-hmm. For some people, it's just not, it's neither of those, it's something else. Um, where do you want to be? Um, what, would, what, would, what kind of response would you want to have to, to the truth of Jesus? And then to your point, what, what would set you free if you could respond in the way the Magi ultimately responded, which was humility, adoration, generosity and followership Mm. of god right Mm -hmm. and the the dance there is to leave room for somebody's response to actually come from god and not me the preacher um i i think it's we we do you know when you preach you always want to bring application uh but it's 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 a little it's a it's a precarious situation because sometimes the application is just really clear like don't be a jerk or <laughs> um you know, message translation of the bible mm-hmm. you know um serve uh obey you know th- this command or that whatever sometimes it's it is very clear but um but oftentimes even even in a clear application, the Lord is inviting somebody to do it in the way that he would have them do it and how right. in their reality mm-hmm. and in their context, right? So you can say generically, the Bible tells you to love, but again, back to personal discipleship, if what I really need is a small group, a life group, some people to help me know how love expresses it self in my particular context right Mm -hmm. um and i think even on this um what what does it look like to have humility in your own context what does it look like to adore god to be generous to follow the the guidance of god so anyway i don't know if that answers or no is that what you were (laughs) yeah no that's great uh and this is as when this will be released it will be four days until Christmas. So I think these are great questions to think about until then. And Mm -hmm. then would you have or encourage Mm -hmm. our our listeners this week Mm -hmm. as Christmas is coming, Mm -hmm. travel, travel's coming, friends and family are coming, gifts are coming. What would you like us as a church to focus on and settle into really between now and Christmas? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes I can feel the least Christian at Christmas. Yeah, mm-hmm. Interesting. 
Um, I think I've written that in my journal many a Christmas because uh, I can, the worst of me can come out with my family impatience mm. or um, whatever. I just, yeah, I just, there's the times I just am like, ugh. So I think what I would want to just encourage our folks towards is what we've been talking about in this series, grace. Mm-hmm. That um, some of your worst is going to maybe come out in these coming days. Be quick to ask forgiveness. Um, Be quick to receive forgiveness and lean back in to seeking to love and be kind and be patient. Um, And uh, yeah, grace, because I think the holidays can be really hard uh, for people, even in the best of scenarios. Um, because some of, like, like I said, some of our worst can show up. And then also, as, as you guys know, um, Christmas can just be really lonely. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. it can be lonely in the crowd of a family and feeling like you're the only one in your family who's blank. Um, feeling misunderstood, not feeling seen or heard. It can be, um, really lonely in loneliness the person who will literally spend Christmas by themselves, right? And and so my just prayer for wherever you are on your journey is whether you're alone on Christmas Day and you receive that as an opportunity to be with Jesus with all that you are. If you're sad, if you're um, relieved, if you're angry whatever it is right to sit and and seek to to listen to his voice maybe open one of the gospels matthew mark luke or john maybe open to the psalms and let those guide your prayers um maybe spend your christmas day writing notes to friends or other people just to it helps sometimes to get yourself outside of yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> i know for me mm-hmm. um and then but just be great receive the grace of jesus for you he loves you he sees you and uh, He's for you. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, Cheryl. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I, I love that. And I love that, that grace is, is free. <laughs> it's available. God wants you to have grace. Yeah. God gave you grace. Yeah. And a great way to really be in that is to slow down. Mm-hmm. And that's something we've been focusing on this yep. season. And to help people slow down this Christmas day, we're releasing a special episode of Menlo Midweek or of Menlo Meditations podcast. Mm. We actually have Phil Eubank is going to read us the Christmas story. Oh, awesome. That's so, great. So along with our Christmas morning Yay. service that's available online at menlodonline.church or on YouTube, you can awesome. listen in and slow down and have that in your back pocket. Maybe yeah. if you need some encouragement, that'd mm-hmm. just be a great a great thing to have. And mm-hmm. so we're going to close out like we have been with a, an episode of Menlo Meditations. So here it is now. And Cheryl, again, thank you so much for your time. You guys are Thanks awesome. Thanks for thank being you. here. Yeah. Thank you. Let's start by taking two deep breaths. Our scripture for today comes from the book of Matthew and the book of Romans. Matthew 1 verses 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. 
Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine Jesus saying to you, wait well by focusing on me. I know that waiting can be hard for you. From waiting for the right job to come along, to traffic jams, to long lines in the grocery store, waiting tries your patience. But waiting is part of this life that I have designed for you. And it is a vital part of your relationship with me. I tell you over and over again in my word to wait on the Lord. I want you to wait on me listen to my words and pay attention to my presence as you navigate life. Sometimes when you wait, it's easy for you to focus on your uncomfort, to obsess over what you're waiting for, to dwell on your impatience and your anger. You can choose to see waiting as a massive inconvenience, a waste of your time, or you can see it as an opportunity to grow closer to me and closer to those around you. Wait well by redirecting your attention. You see, the reason you become so frustrated when you wait is because you are hyper-focused on yourself. The best remedy to combat this is to love others and to love me. The more you shift your heart from facing inwards to outwards, the better you will wait. Look to the relationships around you that I have blessed you with. While you wait, focus your energy on showing them my love, on serving them and valuing them. And even more importantly, look to me. Spend your season of waiting walking with me, hearing my word and worshiping me. And I will fill your heart with such joy and peace that you will forget you are even waiting in the first place. Grace and peace to you this Christmas.